Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by betonline.ag. It was an absolutely crazy week 10 of the NFL season. And if you want to place a bet on any of the NFL action, all season long, betonline.ag is the place to do it. 365, 24-7, regardless on what sport it is, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. And Ike, we're going to be breaking down week 10 here on today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show. But before you tune in and listen and watch, head to betonline.ag today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, which you need to do. Use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive that bonus bet online where the game starts all right cue the music it's time to start the show welcome to the believe in Steelers show on the believe network i'm your host mark bergen joined by my guy pittsburgh Steelers scout 12-year veteran and two-time super bowl champion number 24 ike taylor it it feels great a victory Monday. Steelers coming off the bye week, getting the win over the Saints. TJ Watt is back. Najee Harris had his best game in the Steelers. 2-0 and when the Pigeons show up in Pittsburgh. How you doing this morning, my man? It's something about them damn Pigeons. I mean, every time they step on the field, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers wind up having to have something good happen to them. So maybe they might need to bring the Pigeons wherever they go, but it was a good start coming off that bye week for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, like you just said, Mark, Najee having probably one of the best games so far for the 2022 season. Kenny Pickett looking real comfortable. And we talked about it last week on our show, Mark. Give George Pickens a chance and let's see what he do. And he did mm-hmm. exactly what we thought he could do as being an athlete on the field. Deontay Johnson as well got some love too. So the Pittsburgh Steelers offense looked real good. And we got your boy back, former defensive league MVP, TJ Watt. And every time TJ Watt steps into a stadium, T.J. Watt becomes T.J. Watt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Most rushing yards for a Steelers team since December 11th, 2016, when the Steelers ran for 240 against the Buffalo Bills. Steelers had 217 yards. Najee, 20 carries, 99 yards on the ground, Ike. And they ran north and south. But really, it came down to this for me, Ike. 
up two scores. You get the ball back, 423 left, and the Saints never got the ball back. They ran 10 snaps, 10 runs. They run out the clock, and they win by double digits at home against the Saints. Ike, to me, that was most telling about the running game on Sunday. Hey, that's that old school Pittsburgh still away, you know? And we call that four-minute offense. Hey, offense used to tell us when we had Jerome Bittis, Willie Parker, and Deuce Staley, hey, man, y'all give us four minutes and we got this lead going on, get the bus ready, get the parties going, get the drinks out because we're about to run this, we're about to run this clock out and we're going to win this ball game. So that's exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers did against the Saints, man. They held that lead, that 423, like you just said, on the clock. They told the defense, go on, kick your feet up, man, grab some coffee or some soup. We got this. <laughs> and I, I was doing cartwheels when I saw this too. Going into the game, I have been harping on the fact that the Steelers hadn't had a rush going into this game of more than 20 yards. They had six explosive plays. They had four runs of more than 20 yards. Najee Harris had a 36-yarder. And I thought he went more, more north and south. I thought he was more decisive. And I'm going to steal a, a line from our friend Dave Damashek. He ran more like a moose than a gazelle. It was one cut, one read, and I'm going to hit the hole. And I thought he was very decisive. And the adjustments we wanted to see the Steelers make out of the bye week, that was evident to me on Sunday, Ike. Yeah. So let's go on defense. Okay. You know, let's talk about T.J. Watt and his presence on the field. We just talked about his presence last week on the show, Mark, like, when TJ is on the field, just him being around, being on the field, something good always happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Something bad always happened to the opposing team. But now you're thinking, okay, who's going to step up in the secondary because Mika isn't there. They play well as a secondary in hold, you know, wind up having interceptions, wind up uh, wind up tackling the catch. And that was, for me, that was key, tackling the catch, uh, not having explosive p- p- plays from the – from the Saints offensive receivers. But man, keeping Alvin Kamara in check, I mean, come on, we got to give it up to the linebacker crew. Because if you just think about the New Orleans Saints, the first person you think about on offense is who the hell is going to stop Alvin Kamara? And for that linebacker crew, for that defense, to keep them in check, because it's hard to stop Alvin Kamara, but to keep them in check, they gave themselves a chance by doing that. I'm very familiar with Alvin Kamara, Ike, from my time in Knoxville when he was playing at the University of Tennessee, a very special player, even coming into the league, Ike, and all of these years later, he's as good as there is in this league with the ball in space. He had a season-low 45 yards of offense on the ground. They only gave him eight carries as well, which was also a season-low, but when you're trailing in this game, you have limited opportunities to where, hey, we can just snap the ball and turn the ball uh, and hand the ball off to him. Eight Eight rushes, only 26 yards. He had three catches for 19 yards. They did a great job of bottling up Kamara. And he wasn't the only one. Chris Olave, the rookie receiver, the star rookie receiver out of Ohio State, three catches for 40 yards. Taysom Hill averaged less than a yard per carry, Ike. So the defensive adjustments in the second half, I thought, were very telling because the Saints were held scoreless in the second half of Sunday's game. And going into halftime, I was a tad concerned because – Andy Dalton consistently found the tight end, I believe is Juan Johnson. And I saw he was targeting Robert Spillane a little bit in coverage. Now, I know it wasn't always man coverage. They were playing some cover two as well, Ike. But I was a little bit concerned. But then 
coming out of halftime, listen, you only give up 10 points in a game, but you hold a team scoreless at halftime. You should go on and win. And that's what the Steelers did, but they were able to play complimentary football, Ike. And you're mentioning the DBs. To me, the sequence that really clinched the game on Sunday was DeMonte Kazee's interception. He's filling in for Minka Fitzpatrick. It bounces off Jarvis Landry's hands into Kazee's hands, sets up the Steelers' score to go up two possessions, and then Levi Wallace's subsequent interception to get the ball back to the Steelers, and the offense is able to put it away. It's amazing what complimentary football can do, and it's amazing what you can do when you turn the ball over to give your offense more favorable field position, and the Steelers did just that. Yeah, Coach T just real comfortable on seeing Andy Dalton. You know, he when Andy Dalton was with the Cincinnati Bengals, he knew the plays, he knew the throws that Andy Dalton used to like to throw, and that was to his tight end Eifert at the time when he was with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and he knew the he knew the throws Andy Dalton wasn't comfortable on throwing. So, you know, making them halftime adjustments, you're going into a game, you're like, okay, one, we gotta stop Alvin Kamara. Two, we gotta stop Chris Olave. And if he wants to beat us with his tight end, we just gonna have to lose the game that way. You're not able to stop everything. So for me, that was a game plan for for the for the defense. Alvin Kamara first, Chris Olave second. And if Jarvis Landry beat us or tight ends beat us, okay. Cool, I take that L all day, but they found the way. They made this halftime adjustments, and like you said, to to be able to hold an NFL team to nothing in the second half says a lot. Now, T.J. Watt's presence, Ike, we can't underscore the importance of this because you look at the stat sheet and you say, okay, uh, four tackles. It, it wasn't anything crazy on the stat sheet, but it freed up other guys. And I'm talking about Alex Highsmith because Highsmith then gets one on ones. Highsmith finishes with two sacks, a forced fumble, a quarterback hit, uh, and a tackle for loss. Five overall tackles combined as well. Watt only had four, but it was his presence on the field involved in the very first two plays from scrimmage for the Saints offense and the energy that he brought to the stadium too. I know he got a really, really nice ovation at Akersher Stadium playing for the first time since week one against the Bengals it's his presence Ike and it makes everyone's job on that defense easier and I think about it from this standpoint of like if another team would have lost their best player so I'm talking about if the Chiefs lost, lost Patrick Mahomes or if the Buffalo Bills lost Josh Allen the expectations would be a little bit different and so we forget about that TJ Watt happens to be that guy defensively for the Steelers, which is why they came into this game with a two and six record. You take away the best player from any team in the NFL. And I think that lowers the ceiling of the expectations for that said team. It was great to see him back out there on the field. Ike, and I forgot how much I missed him wreaking havoc off the edge. Well, let's not get it twisted, Mark. Like the defense, the defense been putting, their offense in good situations. The offense just haven't been scoring enough points. And if you keep a defense, and I don't care how good the defense is, just look at the Denver Broncos. They got a good defense. Just look at the Buffalo Bills. They got a good defense. If you keep your defense on, on the field for a long time, eventually plays are going to happen for the offensive side. Eventually, these offensive coordinators are going to find formations or mismatches that they look for, and they're going to go to them often. So for the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though the score wasn't high, but for them to control the ball and control the clock and for them to watch the Saints offense have to sit and watch their defense try to stop the Pittsburgh Steelers rushing game, that's playing defense just as well. You're just on the offensive side, if you can think about it. 
So the Pittsburgh Steelers offense did a great job of playing defense by controlling the clock and letting the defense create turnovers on the opposite side. Dominated time of possession, Ike. Steelers had the ball for nearly 39 minutes in this game. Saints had it for a little bit more than 21 minutes. And I mentioned the presence of Watt. I think Alex Highsmith has developed into a Pro Bowl player, Ike. I predicted it before the season that he would make the Pro Bowl. But I think he's developed to where when Watt was out, he realizes, okay, I'm not going to get a one-on-one every single time. But then Watt's back in there. Guess who gets to eat? And it was Alex Highsmith yesterday. I got action. I mean, Alex led the league for a couple of weeks in sacks. TJ was out. TJ come back in. Alex back to the two sacks, uh, three tackles for loss, five tackles total. That's that's the benefit of having Mm -hmm. TJ Watt and making the most out of your opportunities because a lot of guys don't know. Yeah, please don't 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 get this twisted. Alex Highsmith is probably the left tackle is probably your best offensive lineman. Your best offensive lineman, other than the center. So for Alex Highsmith to to win one on ones against opposing teams, supposedly best offensive line, which is your left tackle, says a lot and says his maturity and how he's grown and develop into being the outside linebacker that he is right now. Got to put this out there, Ike, for any Saints fans that are going to watch this show. Saints left tackle, uh, the starter left the game with an injury, did not return, and then the Saints were also starting a new left guard going into Sunday's game as well. Nonetheless, you got to play with who you got, Ike. And the Saints could only muster 186 yards of offense, which in 2022, that is excellent, excellent defense. And Ike... Sunday's game overall as a team was the Steelers' best performance by far this season. I'm talking the, the entire team, not just you know defense, offense, what have you. Man, I keep telling y'all, man, Coach T always have something up his sleeve. Like just how we just how we be talking about Tom Brady. I said Tom Brady, he wakes up around this time, November, December. <laughs> and Coach T do the same thing. Every time, every time it looks real slim. Every time you won't pull that lifeline from under the Pittsburgh Steelers, Coach T rally his troops and they find ways week after week after week. Yeah, Mike Tomlin has now beaten all 31 teams in the league, Ike, in year 16. Not a lot of coaches in NFL history were able to say that. few other observations I had, Ike. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I didn't think, played his greatest game, but he did exactly what you said he should do And that if his reads aren't there, tuck it and run. He had 50 yards from scrimmage and he helped – contribute to that rushing total 217 yards that the Steelers had overall as a team one thing I noticed though too in his quarterback sneaks and this is something you mentioned Tom Brady I don't know if he's watched some film but effective sneaking the football and one thing I noticed Ike is depending on where the nose tackle or defensive tackle lines up over the center directly over the center in a zero technique and a one technique between the center and the guard he was able to see where the tackle was the defensive tackle or nose tackle and then go the opposite way to make sure he could get the yardage he needed to on several quarterback sneak on Sunday. That is an art to be able to do, Ike. And that was something that I noticed that he did and did well in seeing, hey, here's where the tackle's lined up. I'm going to go the opposite way where the hole is to pick up the yardage I need in a short yarded situation. Yeah, that's good awareness by Kenny Pickett, you know, coming from the rookie. But, I mean, Kenny's seeing it. He's seeing it with Justin Fields. With Justin Fields, Justin Fields. When he don't see it, what he do? He run. He's seeing it with Josh Allen. When Josh Allen don't 
have anybody to throw to other than trying to force the ball. What he do? He he pick up and run the ball. So Kenny and we talked about this. Hey Kenny, when you off of coming off of this bye week, if you don't have it, run it. There's nothing wrong with that. Just just protect yourself. And that's what exactly what Kenny Pickett do. So now it really becomes 11 on 11, you know, instead of 11 on 10, just by having a pocket quarterback. 11 on 10 is only going to work with a Tom Brady. Other than that, and you even, you, we even saw Matt Ryan run rush for the longest rush of his career with the Colts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So these old heads, they starting to figure it out too. I In this generation, I just can't sit in the pocket. These young guys coming off the ball too fast. There's too many twists. These big guys who sitting in the middle, they're just as much agile as guys on the outside. Hey, man, I got to use my two legs sometimes, you know? So I'm so glad Kenny Pickett, you know, added and contributed that 50-plus yards towards the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, and it helped at the right time. Yeah, and Ike, leave that fake slide in college at the University of Pittsburgh. Get down and protect yourself. Yes, sir. Uh, Ike, one other thing that I noticed, special team standpoint, Chris Boswell is going to be out with a groin injury for the next several weeks. We had Nick Skiba a week ago who did a decent job. He made his field goals, but he had a um, a penalty kicking the ball out of, t- uh, out of bounds a week ago. So the Steelers this week bring in Matthew Wright, missed a 39-yarder and a 48-yarder. Didn't cost the Steelers on Sunday against the Saints. Right but it could in future weeks considering points are a premium for this offense. I would get on the phone and bring Nick Skiba back this week. It's no hard feelings, but it's it's a make or miss league. And inside 50, you have to be nearly automatic if you want to be a kicker in the NFL. So that is what I would do. And look, I know the snaps weren't great from Christian Kuntz. I know the wind was blowing, but there was at least one kick where snap, place, and hold was there, and you got to be able to make it. One miss, I can understand give him another shot, but two, I want to see Nick Skiba back there next week in week 11 when the Steelers play the Bengals. Yeah, you're getting paid You're getting paid off the wins. You know, that's just the life of an NFL player. So we win, we get paid. You lose, guys get fired, and guys get released and, and, and put and shuffled to other teams. So to be a kicker in the NFL, the way the Pittsburgh still the offense is ran and the way it's running right now, it's not a high-powered offense. So you said it right. Them, them points coming from a kicker are premium. You know, that's 93 gas. You can't, I, I can't get a 2022 Mercedes and keep putting 83 gas in there, man. The thing going to break down beforehand. So that's how important these kickers are. That's how important the points are for the Pittsburgh Steelers because right now it's not a high-octane offense. Absolutely, Ike. Any other observations you had from Sunday's game? Nah, I just like the fact that... uh you getting George Pickens involved. I, I like, because the dude got attitude. And he said he was an alien. The man won't lie. Ain't too many people can say I'm an alien. And you have people co-sign you. Like, nah, bro, you good, but you ain't an alien. When George Pickens said he was an alien, ain't nobody disputed. Because <laughs> out the short amount of games, the short span he's been in the league, everybody knows this dude is different. And the reason why he's different is because of blocking. Like, he can make all these one-handed catches. He definitely have the stickums. He can get in and out of his breaks. He can jump over. He can run past you. But, man, y'all see how this young man be blocking? And that makes you something that everybody isn't when you do stuff that's not going to help your stats. So, yes, George Pickens, 
Here's the alien. I'm so glad they got the ball to the man on the goal line. And he slithered his way into the end zone. Yeah, getting a rushing touchdown. Ike also contributed to that rushing total. Two two rushes, 23 yards, and he had the touchdown. Three catches for 32 yards as well. So the creativity I liked to see, Ike. And we said get the running game going, get the ball out in space. But it was Pickens and Fryermuth that I wanted to see get the ball more because now that Chase Claypool's in Chicago, feed those guys. They're young, dynamic playmakers. And Fryermuth had a great catch too. It was like a one-handed stab over the middle. Uh, but to see Pickens with the ball in space, I think he's just going to get better and better and better and better. And now there's no reason not to get him the football consistently. And it was like you were saying a few weeks back, guy, don't just throw go balls to George Pickens. Get him the ball in space. Get him the ball on a screen pass, on slants, on hitch routes. Then try to go downfield with him. Don't necessarily say, hey, I got to bail you out on a uh, – third down and long situation or a fourth down and long situation late in the game. And he doesn't have that rhythm. We talk about getting players in rhythm, whether it's a quarterback. A lot of times we talk about in the running game too. Like get George Pickens involved early. He gets that mojo, that swagger, that confidence. And then you see what he can do in a game. I'm very excited on the back half of the season to see what he can do and how he can continue to develop at the receiver position. Man, I know them cornerbacks who line up against George Pickens, they be praying they don't be throwing him the ball. <laughs> I know they be praying. They, they how, know can you he, tell, how can you tell, like? The, the, the dude is different. Like, you, he's always open. You can be on him. You can be on him. You can be in perfect position. George going to find a way to come up with the ball. And don't, don't let – do not let, you know, Kenny Pickett put him straight in the pocket. Don't let him put a, the ball where it's supposed to be. George going to wind up making a play, and it's, it's, it's going to wind up being a house call. But when you say alien, man, you got to acknowledge the alien. You know, Troy Palomalo, we saw his first week in practice in training camp, build an alien. And we, I saw that George Pickens. I was able to be I was able to be in training camp. I said, man, the dude is an alien. He's a little bit different. And when you see guys different, you just acknowledge it and ride that coattail. So if I'm the OC and if I'm, you know, the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, I'm riding, I'm riding – I'm riding this young man coattail, man, because I, I know as a DB, when you see a guy like that, is man, please don't throw this man the ball because I know he's able to make plays after plays. Is this more so what you see from Pickens' ability as a receiver, though, Ike, or is it something that you see with the body language of a defensive back? No, it could it's, be a little bit of both, I suppose. But Yeah, it's, it's, it's probably a little bit of both, but, you know, Unless unless you're like that, unless you unless you want to check the best receiver every time, like I was like that. Like if Coach LeBeau and that defensive staff didn't give me the best receiver as an assignment, I was pissed off. I was pouting. I was mad. I felt played. Everybody ain't like that. Everybody ain't like a Ike Taylor. Everybody ain't like a Darrell Reeves. Like, hey man, put me on the best player. That that is because that's that can end your career ASAP. Because now you're checking, now you're checking the guy that the quarterback has such a good relationship with it's either going to be a touchdown, a big play, or either you're going to be either you're going to make a big play or you're going to lock them down. It's going to be one of the two. And I truly believe because I was a, because I had the mindset to play and they trusted me to play the team's opposite best receiver. And I did everything I needed to do for them not to get off. Of course, you're going to play some receivers where receivers have good games, but damn that 70% 
of the guys I checked, they didn't have no outstanding games. So for me to do that, that prolonged my career. And I really do believe that. Now, now when I knew I didn't have it anymore, I think we all agree. Coach T, um, myself, and Coach just sit me on one side. I'm, I'm not able to do what I used to do. So I had a nice little, you know, six, seven-year run when it came down to it. I respected it. When I knew I didn't have it, I shut it down. Point blank, period. But with George Pickens, you know, guys got to have my mentality. I think like, hey, man, give me your best receiver. And when we played, that fire zone for us, the two outside corners, that was man coverage. Because fire zone, they just playing zone inside the numbers. So y'all two, y'all two corners on the outside, y'all locking up. Everybody in the inside, we're zoning things off from the inside out. So, uh, but yeah, man, just George, just looking at George, as soon as I saw him um, in training camp, Mark, I was like, hey, man, this little dude, yeah, he different. He all the way different, man. He, uh, he ain't even trying. He don't even know. Like, he don't even know how good he is. That's the crazy thing about it is, like, he know he's talented. He don't know he's that good. So once he, like, really, really these last, what, they got eight games left? Yes, sir. I think, yeah, I think he probably woke up. It's going to be scary. Because that's that's one of the reasons why they got rid of Chase, Chase Claypool. Because mm-hmm. we have a young guy, we got to start feeding him. He can't be the second or third option. Yeah, we just paid DeAndre Johnson. And we like the second round guy in Chase Claypool as well in stature. But man, we got a dude who's probably the best offensive player for us right now. We got to find a way. And I think personally, that was just like one of the reasons why they got rid of Chase. And you're, you're, we, we are about to see how talented, how much of an alien George Pickens is. Well, Ike, I remember we were doing the draft evaluation and Georgia was having its pro day. Mike Tomlin was there on the sidelines and we were watching on TV. We were going through the top five receivers and Pickens wasn't in our top five due to injury. That was the reason why. That's the reason why he fell to the Steelers in the second round. And I remember you telling me, and this was probably in June or July, I'd have to go back and look at the tape, but Ike, you go, George Pickens is a Steeler. And you told me that, and that stuck with me. And then when they ended up drafting him, I'm like, yet again, Ike Taylor, psychic. And and this was just based on a look that you saw from Mike Tomlin at the pro day, something you saw on TV. And when that actually came to fruition, Ike, I was just like, this is unbelievable. Hey, I saw George Pickens ran that dig in front of Coach T like he came out that break. In front of Coach T, a 14-yard in in front of Coach T. And Coach T had one of them. I said, yeah, Coach T about to get him. I said, I've seen that look too many times. Coach T about to get him. He was just trying to make sure he was healthy. So he checked. If George Pickens mm-hmm. checked off all the boxes as far as, like, health, oh, yeah, he if if the Pittsburgh Steelers are in position, they're going to draft George Pickens. That's what I said in my head. Then we wind up talking about it as well, and that's exactly what they did. I thought that maybe you were there or this was something like a phone call, something you picked up on TV. This is why people need to listen to and watch our show, Ike. But I'm telling you, pull up the clip. The, the, the tape doesn't lie, Ike. We always say that about the players on the field, but the tape does not lie with this show. Ike, we uh, – go ahead. 
No, I, I, I was agreeing with you. The tape don't lie. Yeah. Ike, we will move on. Uh, at halftime of Sunday's game, Steelers Hall of Honor got the chance to chant Heath again. Keith Miller honored at halftime, Myron Cope, Ray Matthews, Sam Davis, and then Lewis Lips as well, a member of the 2021 class, all honored at halftime. Uh, Ike, take this in any direction you want to, because I know you played uh, with Heath Miller. He was your teammate. So I'm going to give you the floor right now, and I do have one question, but the floor is yours. Heath Miller honored at halftime of Sunday's game. So I knew nothing about Heath Miller. All I knew was he was a tight end coming from Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. But I had uh, Chris Hope, Brian McFadden, Chris Hope, Brian McFadden, and we Willie Reed, he was a wide receiver for us. So I had we we wound up drafting like three, four guys from Florida State. And I'm like, man, why are we getting this tight end from uh from Virginia, man? This dude that good. They say he was the only one we had to look after, and he smoked corners, safeties, <laughs> linebackers. They say they say he was the reason why they beat us or why he was in the game. I say that I say the tight end is good. They say, look, he old school. He wore no gloves. They won't line. <laughs> they say he'll block he'll block your butt off. He won't line. And they say he catching everything in his area code. He's not lying. They say he's just a throwback old school tight end. He just so happened to be athletic. And boy, they won't line about good Heath Miller. Boy, they wasn't lying at all. Because that's all a young man did, whether it was negative five yeah. or was one hundred and five. You never saw you never saw gloves on him until late in his career. And if you ask Heath Miller to block outside linebacker, chip on the D tackle, that's exactly what he was doing. Didn't say a word to nobody. All he did was smile, and that smile on nothing what that smile on nothing but uh, a assassin kind of smile. I'm not gonna say much to you. I'm a I'm a drag you in the ground. I'm a catch touchdowns on you. Your coach, your or your head coach, or your position coach will be highly pissed off at you because I am I am handling my business on you. So every time you check or go across a Heath Miller, Mondays ain't looking good for you and your coaching staff. Your coaching will find will be finding somebody else to take your position, or it will be a long week for you mentally because your coach sees you can't check me. That's exactly what Heath Miller was for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm so glad he was on my team. I, I had to mute myself because I did not want to ruin that. That is excellent. 592 receptions, 11th among tight ends all time, a two-time Super Bowl champion. And I, this was someone you saw in Latrobe before the start of this season as well as part of your role with the Steelers. Uh, I know that he was – you and Heath were among several players the Steelers brought back to talk to what is a, currently a young, young Steelers team ahead of the 2022 season. Yeah, I mean, Faramuth, he he loves he he loves he he loves and he reminds me he's not Heath Miller yet, but he reminds me of he you know he can catch the ball he got a high catch radius as well and Coach T talked about Faramuth when he was a rookie I know he can catch let me see him block and I think we talked about that on our show as well like but that's just what it is man the Pittsburgh Steelers they always find a way to find their receiver that fit the mold exactly how they want a tight end, I'm sorry, a tight end to look like. And that's the Heath Miller mold. And we have a baby one in in, in Faramuth right now. But he he set the standard. He set the standard he set the standard real high. So ain't nothing but a huge shout out to Heath man. Just a cool, humble guy. Don't say much at all. 
if he give you two sentences, boy, you he's best friend. Because he don't say too much at all, man. So if you can get 25 words from Heath Miller in, in a course in a course of two minutes, boy, you best call that man your best friend. Because that's how quiet he is. Ike, is there one particular memory you remember of Heath Miller that stands out most to you? Um, not really. I, I always, for me, I always got a little bit more out of Heath. Like, I always talk to Heath, but I be talking about some off-the-wall stuff that we can't talk about on the podcast. So <laughs> I always, my off-the-wall stuff. And, and they be like, because I, I ask them an off-the-wall question and, and ask for their opinion. And they be like, they ain't, I, you coming to me about this? I'm like, yeah, bro, what you think about this situation right here? And they'll sit back and they'll give it to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I I break the ice on guys who are quiet, you know, with, with a unorthodox question or just an unorthodox conversation, Mark. So, yeah, Heath and I, man, we always been, like, real cool when it came down to that. Like, you have a unique ability to make people feel very, very comfortable. Yeah, that's. I guess that's one of the gifts dog gave me. Yeah. All right. Week 10, there are a lot of other games, and I, I want to start here. This was like a man bites dog headline, and you predicted that it was going to happen. Interim head coach Jeff Saturday and the Colts winners against the Raiders on Sunday, and you said it was going to happen. Uh, I get help that Jonathan Taylor got back into the action. He ripped off a 66 yard touchdown. He had 22 carries, 147 yards and a touchdown. Like we told you here on the show, Colts are going to get back to running the football. And that's exactly what they did in Jeff Saturday's debut as the interim. Man, Mark, you know, you and I, we talked about it. I know people had a lot of pushback on Jeff Saturday. Um, moving up the, the the coaching the coaching chain or just sliding in without having to have any experience. But it wasn't Jeff Saturday's fault. He didn't hire himself. Israel Israel liked what he saw. He was re- real comfortable with Jeff Saturday. I'm sure they didn't have plenty of conversations on in the offseason or during the season. Hey, Jeff, if you, if you was in this position, what would you do? And you know what? He said, you know what? You're not going to be the head coach right now for a full season. You're going to be the interim head coach. Hey, Jeff, I need you. And what you want Jeff Saturday to say? No, I'm not going to come. Hell yeah. I mean, why? But yeah, I'm coming. Okay, this is exactly what I'm going to do. So as a offensive lineman, and I've been saying this, defense, defensive line coaches and offensive line coaches, they can tell you everything what a offense or a defense is about to do because everything starts in the trenches. And what I mean in the trenches, everything starts with fronts. Whether it's a four-man front, whether it's a three-man front, whether it's three linebackers, whether it's four linebackers, it starts right there. So for Jeff Saturday, and he said it, he said it best in his interview. Jeff was like, man, I didn't play ball for 13, 14 years. I've, I've been to the Pro Bowl at least nine. I've been all pro about three or four times. I didn't watch the Peyton Manning. You know, I didn't watch the Edward James. I didn't watch the Marvin Harrison. So you gonna tell me I just don't, I've been around greatness all my life. I didn't, I didn't have a Tony Dungeon. So I've been I've been around. You know what? I got something for y'all. Now, I don't know if I'm going to do good. If I do good, I'm cool with that. If I do bad, at least I had this experience. But I got something for y'all, though. I'm putting Matt Ryan back at the helm. I'm going to have Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to get my offensive line. I'm going to check the Raiders front and see exactly what they like to do. We're going to pound them. That's exactly what we're going to do and what Jonathan Taylor did. 22 for a bucket, some change. You know, let's control the clock. 
let's not put Matt Ryan in a bad situation to have him throwing the ball all day 30 or 30, 40 times. Let's keep the defense off the field. And when it's time for the defense to get back on the field, make sure y'all make y'all plays. So, yes, I said this. We said this as a podcast, Mark. Jeff Saturday will have them boys running and controlling the clock. The defense will be playing good football. That's exactly what they did against the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, Colts' upcoming schedule, Ike, they've got this, uh, the Eagles next Sunday, and then our Steelers are going to play them on Monday night football the following week. So we'll see how the Colts continue to play. But we tried to tell you, everyone's acting like Saturday's like not – he played with Peyton Manning for more than a decade. One of the greatest offensive minds. I know that he doesn't have the coaching experience collegiately or the NFL. I know and I understand that. But to act like he's going to be totally inept, I, I think it's just ridiculous, Ike. It's like when you spend time with one of the greatest offensive minds and then, oh, at the end of the, your career, you also play with Aaron Rodgers. It's like, again, I said this a week ago. It's like, am I missing something? And this is, and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about the other assistants who have been there since day one in training camp and who've grinded right. out year after year after year after year. I'm not talking about that. I'm about talking about Jeff Saturday individually. To act like he just wasn't capable of doing this is is ridiculous. And I know he the Raiders aren't very good, Ike. So I'm curious to see how the Colts play the rest of the season. Go ahead, hop in. Well, Mark, you know what I'm saying? He didn't hire himself. Like this, yeah. this, this, yeah. this for for Jim. For Jim to hire Jeff Saturday as an interim head coach, they had countless hours on talking football. He felt very comfortable with hiring this guy. Jeff didn't even know he was getting hired. So Jim already had in his head, whenever I make this decision, Jeff will be the first person I call. Why? Because of his football IQ, because of the people he's been around, because of countless hours and conversations we have had over football. That's the reason why. And just because just because you've been coaching for a while don't mean it's not guaranteed is what I want to say. I didn't see plenty so-called qualified coaches. They wind up getting a head coaching job and they suck. So, yeah, Mr. Jim just wanted to go off script. Let me get a guy that I'm comfortable with. Y'all say he don't have any coaching experience. I didn't draft too many guys who had coaching experience and the only one that got me and got us to the Super Bowl was Coach Tony Dungeon. Other than that, let me get off script. Let me find a guy who I'm comfortable with, who I know is very smart, and who's a alpha. And that's what you got to be. When you look at the Detroit Lions, their coach is an alpha. When you look at the Tennessee Titans, their coach is an alpha. Meaning when I step in the room, they have a presence. Sit down, pay attention. This is what we're doing. Ain't going to be no pushback. Because if it's a pushback, you know, we can go outside, we can knuckle up. That's exactly what we can do. So when you have guys like that, when you have a leader of men, and that's exactly what Jeff Saturday said, I'm a leader of men. Everybody can't be a Tony Dungeon. He's grandpa, and he knows how to talk to you. He can be smooth in his line. Sometimes you got to have that drill sergeant who's going to tell you, bro, stop making excuses. You're wrong. If you keep making excuses, I got to put so-and-so behind you. I mean, you know that. You grown, you've been here before. Like that's and that's what Jeff Saturday is doing. That's what Rabel is doing. That's what the coach from uh what's the coach from Detroit Lions? Dan um, Campbell. Dave Campbell, they, they just they, they have that they have that presence. They 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 there are guys in big stature and they know what they're talking about. So no, sometimes you don't need that 
Sometimes you don't need the experience. Sometimes experience means nothing. It's not guaranteed. It's been it's been, it's been too much of that. It's been too much. Or oh, he's been sitting in the ranks. They wind up getting the team. They team probably got worse. Better. And I, having said all this too, this comes with what we both said a week ago. He's probably interim. This isn't going to last beyond this season unless he like runs the table. Which the odds of doing that in the NFL are slim to none. Even you have the most talented team. But I wouldn't be surprised. I would. I would. Okay. I would. I wouldn't be surprised because man, offensive defense line coaches—they're not the sexiest. They're 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 really not the face of the franchise kind of guys. But they're the smartest. And if you and if you look at if you look at the assistant head coaches, and I was trying to say this last week, usually the assistant head coaches of football teams are either offensive or defensive line coach. You got it. You got it. You got to have them around because they just know too much football. They just know too much football. So and it, everything starts in the front. You know, we talked about building a house from the ground up. You know, if you want to win Super Bowls, whether it's offense or defensive line, you got to have something. Just look at San Fran. San Fran defensive line. They, they don't need the blitz because they got a front four. You know, if you mm-hmm. watch Sunday Night Football, that's that's just what it is. You know, so. That's all. It's not a Texas pick. They can be mad all they want to. Jeff Saturday didn't hire Jeff Saturday. Yeah, Ike. And we'll see what he does with this opportunity because that's ultimately what it's about. And Ike, it goes back to the equality of opportunity, what he does with this opportunity now as the interim. We'll see what the Colts do next week against the Eagles. I'm telling you this right, right now. This is going to turn itself on its face. If the Colts upset the Eagles, I don't expect that to happen. But if it does, how quickly this conversation is going to change, Ike. Just I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. Um, Let, let's go open, to a – go ahead. Go ahead, Ike. Open a lot of new opportunities, man. That's, that's, that's just – I mean, if you think about it, man, you got 32 teams, only only eight. Only 10 teams really been consistent, you know what I'm saying, on, on making the playoffs and and rotating Lombardis when it comes down to ho- hoisting them. And there's been a lot of coaches who have a lot of opportunities, who had a lot of, you know, coaching experience. Maybe this might turn the corner on, you know, getting former players, you know, who who don't have the coached experience and, and, just, and, just see, and just see how it goes. I mean, if you think about it, man, this is what we do, Mark. So as a player, we know if it was a good draft pick. No, maybe as a GM, you might, you might, you, <laughs> you might not want to suck it up and be like, man, I messed up on this one. But as players, we know. We know how the chemistry can be. We know we we know what it takes to police a locker room. We know how coaches think. When you've been around a game that long, so Jeff played for that long, and we're just talking about it at the NFL level. So then you got to go high school, then you got to go college. He's been he's he's been around football for at least 25, 30 years. So now 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 he's been on TV for a minute. So now and y'all got him breaking down X's and O's on TV. So really, he's never been out football. And for 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 Jim, for Jim, Jeff has been his go-to. Like Jeff, we'll, we'll, this this is a this is a a different situation. So, and I'm just looking at it. They've been homeboys for a long time. 
And Mr. Jim was just like, I'm just about to give my homeboy a shot as an interim head coach. Why not? I'm in a position right now where we ain't looking good anyway. So here we go. But you saw Matt Ryan run for the longest rush of his career, damn near. You saw Matt Ryan not make mistakes and not have turnovers. Mm -hmm. You saw Jonathan Taylor look like the old Jonathan Taylor. You saw the Colts defense create turnovers, have fun, and placed out. You did see that. And why? Because of Jeff Saturday. When the man said he was a leader of men, he's a leader of men. Because that's all. You've been around alphas all your life. When you get into that locker room, you're on your own. You're in the jungle. Mama can't help you. Daddy can't help you. Grandma can't help you. Grandpa can't. Can't nobody help you. You're on your own. You you around men, and I see what I, I saw what they meant as a rookie when they say, "Man, I got to feed my family." So the mentality all, already is 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 different. Where I got to run into a grown man as hard as I can because I just had a baby. It's a little bit different when you want to buy your mama a five hundred thousand house, so you got to run into this dude. It, it's a, your mindset is different. So now now you're able to sit back and be like, "Okay, let me learn these X's and O's." And let me teach and let me teach your personality becomes different. So I can only imagine, yeah, the guys who was getting away, who was slacking, who was chilling, who was just cruising through practice, won't tripping on making mistakes. As soon as Jeff came and now you get you got called out. Because that's all that's when you win Super Bowls, that's all you know. My homeboys, my teammates called me out. Hey, bro, you tripping. I'm tripping. Yeah, you can't you, you can't let this happen. But 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 nowadays it's too many buts. But so-and-so, but nah, nah, own up to it. And the moment you own up to it, the faster you own up to it, the better you become. That's what these young men don't understand. When you own up to it ASAP, you get over it, you acknowledge it, you execute it, you let it go, you move on from it, you get better from it. But all this but or so-and-so fault or why he ain't run this, why he ain't run a route, nah, hit me with the my bad. My bad, that was my fault. Okay, it was. Shake it off. Come on. We need you for the next play. And that's all Jeff Saturday is bringing. I guarantee you that's all he bringing to that locker room. Accountability. Hold yourself accountable. Because by the end of the day, whenever you do have a kid, how do you want to raise your kid? You want to raise your kid to be accountable, not to blame nobody else. Because the world don't care nothing about you. Because he said best, people don't care about your problems. They're glad you got them. Because after that, it becomes better him than me. So when you hold yourself accountable, you're able to move on and to learn from it easy. And my personal opinion, that's what I think. As soon as he walked into the building, Jeff Saturday and throwing accountability. Ike, 12 years of experience right there. The hair is standing up on my arm right now, oh just man. listening to you. My bad, bro. No, in all honesty, I worked out this morning and it's like I'm ready to go again after just <laughs> listening to that, Ike. Yeah, but that's that's just what... He's been on – his whole career, he's just been around success, Mark. So when guys – like, this how we talk. Guys who have been very successful, we know what it is. Like, it's the accountability part. It's not letting your brother down part. It's a we. It's a we thing. What we doing? So when I always talk about we, like, us, we, us, family. Like, teams who win Super Bowls is we – us family you can just see it off the sideline like when a young guy comes in and 
and us as media guys, we talk about, oh, they got a young corner or they got a young offensive lineman. We'll see what they can do. He doesn't have the game experience. But the guys on his team, like, I'm telling if you, if we were to ask some of the guys after the game is over in a corner or offensive line or a defensive line or a rookie quarterback had a good game, and it was like, you know, as a rookie, you played a good game. I get, I bet you if you would have asked his teammates three weeks earlier, they've been knowing this. We just don't know any better. But as a veteran team who wins all the time, I couldn't wait till Will Gay balled out. I couldn't wait till a San Antonio Holmes balled out. I couldn't wait till a Le'Veon Bell balled out. Because you helping us win. It's we. It's, it's, it's us. So when you you understand that when you win, it don't. It's not about you. It's about us. Now, how can you contribute? The losing teams. It's about me. Every losing team, I get. I guarantee they got about four or five me guys. Somebody power, and that's bad energy. It's bad chemistry in that locker room, because now it's just it's a domino effect. And it, and it, 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 and that's what these guys got to understand. When you win. Everybody want to be a part of how the hell y'all won. What was y'all mentality? What did y'all do? What was y'all thinking? How did y'all become we? Accountability and us. Family. When you have those three, it's a recipe for success, bro. And that's anything in life. You can do a lot. Me and you, I can have a podcast. But our podcast ain't gonna be good without Mark. It's we. That's that's what that's what I'm doing. With the Bet Online, with the Brinks TV, everybody working behind the scenes, like it's it's we, it's us. And I've always been, I've always been like that because that's how Pittsburgh raised me. And so as soon as as soon as I landed in the Pittsburgh, the Shea Towns that gave me the keys to his expedition and told me, get lost. He ain't even know me. He was like, bro, I'm about to give you the keys so you can just Scan the city, get lost, give me the keys back. Whenever I had the, I had the man expedition for a whole year, Deshae ain't even know me. He was like, I just got to take care of my young. He said, now, when we drive younger guys, I need you to do the same thing, I And I was like, yes, sir. But that's, come on, man. Come on, man. That, 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 that we, that, that we is strong. Mark, that we is strong, bro. That we, that we. It's strong, bro. People just want to be a part of successful people. But for me, I was so blessed on going to the Pittsburgh Steelers and seeing what we really meant and seeing what family really meant. Pike, that was just terrific. And I didn't want to interrupt you either because it's just like I'm just soaking it all in. And a lot of these stories, you know, we've told on the on the show before, but the family and what you can do collectively versus individually okay. – it's immense. Um, I'm not even sure how to pivot here, but we will move on. Justin Fields on Sunday against the Lions, despite the loss, he looks like Michael Vick playing Madden back in the day. I, what he is doing is incredible. Only one of a few of a handful of quarterbacks that have scored 35 plus fantasy points in consecutive team he games. Did. He's, He's did. been incredible. Ike. Hey, Mark, the man say, gave me say that again. Ike. I'm sorry. The man's gave me 90 points on my fantasy team. So I had an opportunity. So I got Josh Allen. I wind up picking up Justin Fields uh, during the week because Josh Allen had that elbow, and I didn't know if he was going to play. I mm-hmm. said, let me, let me slide and pick up Justin. 
And then some said start Justin because I don't know how Josh Allen. And Justin gave me 90.1 points for my fantasy league. Where everybody's so hot at me. So hot. But to get back to what you were saying, I mean, they took the leash off of Justin. They took well, they took the leash off at Justin. And what Justin has to start realizing, too, I don't have to force the ball. I don't have to force to throw the ball anymore. I can run it. And now they're having plays where he can, where he's actually running the ball. I mean, come on, they lead, they lead, they lead the league in rushing the past month. Yep, that's what they're doing. The Chicago Bears is leading the league in rushing for this last month and points to be exact and points. To like, be exact. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to put this out there. I'm not talking for this season. Next season, Justin Fields MVP. I'm putting it out there. They get. I can't believe I'm saying that either, Ike, but I'm putting it out there. If they give Justin Fields one more tight end, so he needs a tight end for sure. He needs a, he, he needs a tight end. If they give Justin Fields two good offensive linemen, I'm not going to disagree with you. Well, you've got a ton of draft picks, and you've got $100 million in salary cap space this offseason, Ike. So you do what you need to do. We'll see. Claypool, only one catch for eight yards. It'll take time for him to get going with Fields. Right. It takes time to b- develop a rapport. But Fields, I mean, running the ball over, all over, 147 yards. He had 167 through the air. Uh, again, it's it, he's must-watch TV on Sundays for the NFL. Must-watch. I mean, 60-yard run. And he had, and you got two secondary guys. And you, when you when you think about a secondary guy, you think about speed. Man, he split both of them and got missed. BB, he was gone. I watched it. I watched. It. I said, "Oh, this." But he's he's six three, six four. The man like two four. I don't, I don't think people understand how big Justin Fields is. Mm-hmm. Other other than Josh Allen, Justin Fields is the same kind of build, the same kind of weight, just faster. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard to tell a running back their size to slide. Like I'm, I'm bigger than the linebacker. I'm about to run his ass over. What y'all want me to do? Y'all want me to slide? The linebacker ain't number two twenty five. I'm two forty. I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to put pressure on his ass. <laughs> that's what I'm about to do. So that's that. That's how I look at them two. Just, just, just them two between between Josh Allen and Justin Fields. Now. Is it's 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 hard because they're football players, so so it's hard for them. It's hard to tell them two dudes to slide because their body their body said nah. They body I'm two fifty. The only the only other person <laughs> defense offensive lineman bigger than me. I wish one of y'all little boys would try to stop. <laughs> and I got a, I got a full head of steam. I wish one of y'all secondary guys and I wish one of y'all little linebackers would try to come around me. I'm gonna give y'all the blues. And that's exactly what they're doing. Ike, the Bears, the first team in NFL history to score 29-plus in three consecutive weeks and lose all three. Um, But Fields has just been, again, like Vic and Madden back in the day. That's what it reminds me of. They get him some help. And next season, I'm telling you, it's it's just it's must-watch TV. It's must-watch TV. Yeah, they. I mean, they got the they they got the salary to do it now. So you ain't lying, Mark. They got the salary to do it. And if they if they hit on these draft picks, 
And we thought because they let a few guys go off of defense. Yeah, you got to replace Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn defensively, no doubt. I mean, they're both stud players, but I I, have the picks to be able to do it. Go ahead. No, you're right. I expect Chicago in this offseason to be very aggressive. Very aggressive. Absolutely. Uh, Ike, you tried to tell me about Tom Brady and the Bucs, but Brady and the Bucs are going to get the headlines, but – it was Rashad White, a career high, 105 yards. They dominated time of possession, had the ball for nearly 37 minutes, and they stopped the Seahawks running game. Kenneth Walker had just 11 yards on seven carries, so they get back to running the football, something the Bucks have really, really struggled to do this season. Yeah, so they they sat Leonard Fournette down a little bit. They got back to some, to some young legs, which they should, but uh, – they defense, it was a defense, bro. I mean, they they got back. Devin, they they got back to that old Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, winning Super Bowl kind of defense. And when you change the offense, and I got to tip my hat off to Byron Leftwich, he changed the offense, so he went two tights. You know, he he stopped going with the three or four wide receivers. He went two tight ends to give Tom Brady some extra protection. And with the extra protection, when you give Tom Brady some time sitting in that pocket and he's comfortable. He's going to make his plays, and you not only do that, but now you have a running game with some young legs coming in and out, and them guys, you know, having career highs when it comes to rushing, and now your defense able, they're able to catch a break, have some rest, and just fly with their hair on fire for the majority of the game because they know they're not going to be on the field as long because Tom Brady and company is holding the ball. This is exactly what you get, but this is all I've been talking about. I said around this time, Tom Brady will wake up. Around this time, he just turns into a different person. Around this time, it's not going to be sexy. It's Tom, Tom ain't giving you nothing sexy. He ain't putting up no 38 points, and nothing ain't about to be flashy. But by the end of the season, they 5-5 five and five right now. By the end of the season, you see them boys at damn near, you know, 11-5 or 12-6, or, or and they back at it. And they back in the playoffs, and you be like, God dang, Tom, they did it again. And this is why, because he turns into a totally different person. And between him and, and Byron Leftwich, you can tell that's a a true, authentic relationship between him and this OC. It's not business for I, them. Sorry, go ahead, Ike. I'm sorry. I thought you were finished with your with I, I'm I just, sorry. Him and Leftwich, Mark, it's authentic. And when I mean about personal relationship, they both don't want to let each other down. That's how I look at them, too. Yeah. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say to piggyback off your point, 44 rushes, which is a high in the Tom Brady era in Tampa. And you mentioned how Tom Brady's not flashy. They almost tried to throw a halfback pass to him, Mike. And I wanted to see Brady channel his inner Randy Moss, but he slipped and fell and it was an interception. But uh, I'd probably retire that play from the playbook, Ike. But the, the humor in me from the comedic standpoint, I want to see that play again. Yeah, Tom, Tom, now we never said Tom was an athlete. <laughs> no, we said he's a hella. And I, hey, Brian, hey, Byron, take that play out the playbook, bro, because Tom, a hell of a pocket quarterback. But anything outside that tackle box for Tom, hey, Byron, man, throw, throw that out the playbook, please, please, <laughs> pretty please. 
but they get it done again in Germany and the Seahawks team were both very high on. So we'll see where both teams go. And Ike, you're on record several weeks back saying the Bucks are going to turn it around in what's been a bad NFC South division this season. Keeping it in the NFC, Vikings and Bills, Ike, this was probably the best game of the weekend. Absolutely crazy. I don't even know where to start because there were so many twists and turns in this game, but I'll go here. I think Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the NFL right now. Right now. That fourth and 18 catch, and it wasn't just that catch, Ike. Ten catches, 193 yards, and the touchdown. He was everywhere on Sunday, and he helped the Vikings overcome a 17-point deficit, and they win in Buffalo on the road. So you're on the field with Josh Allen, Trayvon Diggs, Von Miller. You're on the field with Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen. And this is, you're going into your third, this is his third year, right? He going into his third. He the best player on the field. And we talking about all pros, we talking about Pro Bowl guys. And to say that off of the guys I just named, yes, he is the best wide receiver. Because he does that, he does this consistently every week, and he just make it look. He just make it look easy, man. He just make it look so easy. But I heard Ryan Clark say this about you know Justin Jefferson. He's been watching Justin Jefferson since he was sixteen years old because he's been around him since he was sixteen years old. The man had perfected his craft, and his craft is is catching the ball learning his body, not running every route as fast as you should, learning how to be patient and get open. And ballerina-ing your body to make all the catches you can make as a wide receiver. And yes, Mark, nobody should dispute you on him being the best wide receiver in the league because Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the league. And he's been doing this for the past two years. So... If somebody want to say something about him being a, not being the best receiver, I know with Devontae, when Devontae had Aaron Rodgers with him too, was, that was a good one too. Um, somebody probably would have said something about them too, and they would have probably had a good argument. But, hell, we're talking about Kirk Cousins. And you put Aaron Rodgers and Justin Jefferson together, ain't no telling what the hell that happened. You know, so for this young man to be doing what he's doing, and this is no disrespect to Kirk Cousins, but – Kirk Cousins need Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson don't need Kirk Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. how. So, yeah. hand down, Mark, Justin Jefferson right now. And Tyreek Hill is doing something special down there in Miami. Let's not get that twisted either. But you just want to talk about a pure receiver? Yeah. Hand down, Justin Jefferson is probably the best receiver right now in the NFL. In year three. 20 career games with 100-plus receiving yards, most by any player in the first three seasons of his NFL career. Jefferson was tied with OBJ and Randy Moss, who had 19 such games to start their careers. I know know passing is more favored in 2022 compared to previous generations, Ike, but it's incredible. Uh, I want to go to the defensive side of the ball for the Vikings too, though. Patrick Peterson... The Wiley veteran, he's been along and doing it at a very high level for a long time, two interceptions, and Ike rocking the bling on the plane. It was Kirk Cousins a week ago. I need a live cam on the Vikings team playing for the rest of the season. I love the camaraderie, Ike, and I said, let's see what they do against the Bills. I wasn't buying what you were selling a week ago. 
I'm in on the Minnesota Vikings. I can't believe I'm saying this. Yeah, I mean, seven games straight. When you, you get to win in seven games straight, man, you, a lot of bling about to be said around that thing. A lot of people happy around that thing. But you know, old veteran Pat Pete, man, I, I was able to train Pat Pete before he went to LSU, because that's Brian McFadden's cousin. So I was able, and when I saw uh, Pat Pete, I thought he was already in college when he came down on the coach at the time at the Wild World of Sports. I said, man, I said, man, who this dude play for in college? B-Mac said, nah, man, that's my cousin here in high school. I said, boy, this boy built just like LeBron James. <laughs> he just so happened to be a corner. I said, how the hell he that big and he moved that fast and that agile? He said, hey, the shit just run the family. I said, I said, golly, he definitely, he definitely different. He wind up going to LSU. And we saw what Pat P did at LSU. Everybody don't get the number number seven jersey. You put on that number seven, that means you somebody. <laughs> if you got an LSU jersey on, he go to LSU, what he do? Punt return, kick return. Oh, I'm just a shutdown corner as well, too. By the way, ladies and gentlemen. And he was playing against the Alabama Julio Jones. Let's not get that twisted. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Pat Pete been doing his thing for a long time. Oh, veteran Pat Pete, man, go into a hostile environment with the Buffalo Bills. Get one pick in the first half in the end zone. I'm like, okay, mess around in the second to seal the game, get another pick in the end zone. And you know what? Since you, they had two picks and won a ball game, y'all saw what uh, Kirk Cousins did last week. Nah, what he did last week, Ike and Mark. Man, we put that bling around that neck and we went live, and you saw Kirk Cousins get jizzy, get, get, get jiggy. Guess what it is this week? Pat Pete, we going to get all this bling on you, baby. And we going live, and baby, you better get jiggy as you want to. And that's when you do when you win and you be having fun, man. Winning seven straight. Old veteran guy come off with two picks, one to seal the win. Get on the plane and go live, and everybody throw their chains around this younger man, and they just get jiggy on him. Ike, I love this. To give you some context, like you know this is someone from New Orleans, but for our listeners and viewers, other LSU players to wear the number seven, the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, Leonard Fournette, DJ Chark, and Derek Stingley Jr. Some pretty, pretty good company to be in of players who've worn – number seven at that school. Ike, uh, you're shaking your head. Hop in and I've got another point I'll get to in just a second. Nah, nah. I'm shaking my head like you're right about that number seven. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, yes. I'm all pro guys in the NFL. Now the Vikings, Ike, I think they could get to the NFC Championship game. I still like the Eagles. The Eagles are the only team that have beaten the Vikings this season. The, the Vikings have won seven straight, but all have been by eight points or fewer. So they're finding ways to win. Correct. That result could be flipped. The The Bills, people might jump off the Bills bandwagon, Ike. Josh Allen had two red zone interceptions on Sunday, had the really bad fumble uh, down by their own goal line late in the game. I'm not jumping off the Bills bandwagon even <laughs> after Sunday's loss, Ike, because there were several scenarios where it's like they get one stop on a fourth down and the game is over. That happened multiple times on Sunday. It was a heck of a game, a gritty performance by the Vikings. I am not hopping off the Bills bandwagon, though. Some nah. people might after losing two straight, Correct. though. No, I'm definitely not. I'm just, I'm just I'm upset with the Bills because they still haven't drafted a bruising running back. So the fact that you want your quarterback to be the bruising running back bothers me. When the Bills actually draft a bruising running back, they will win a Super Bowl. 
But until then, they will forever come close. You have to have a running game. You have to to have a running game around the cold weather season, uh, late November, early December, January, February football. You, you, you got to because you got to do what the Pittsburgh Steelers just did, Mark, control the clock for four minutes and four minutes and 13 seconds. And the only reason why, the only way you do that is by having a bruising or a few bruising running backs. If I mean, it was a game we watched last night, and it came down to it. And it really was the battle of, even though Aaron Rodgers threw, he threw three touchdowns, it was a battle of running backs, you know, between Pollard and, and Aaron Jones. Man, they, they had a heck of a game running that thing. And around this time, this is this is exactly what you need to to win ball games or to control the clock because mostly after all these wins we was just naming Mark, what was our number one topic we was talking about time of possession. Teams who win in these ball games they controlling the time of possession, and around this time you're not going to have shootouts when it comes to these cold weather. So you've got to be able to control the clock, and how you control the clock you control the clock by running the football. I come with you, and that's why they brought in Naheem Hines at the deadline, and we'll see. We'll see with the Bills. I'm still. I'm not. What's up, Ike? No, I'm saying they need to use them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ike uh, Packers upsetting the Cowboys. I'll say this: uh, Christian Watson, four catches, 107 yards, and scored three times. I don't know. I I want to see more with the Packers. They snapped the five-game losing streak. Uh, Mike McCarthy's return to Lambeau spoiled in overtime. They had the lead for most of the game, too. But uh, entering the game, the Cowboys 180 all-time when leading by 14 points through three quarters, including the playoffs. It was 195-0. and And the Packers come back and rally. Uh, that sideline at the end of the game, uh, was late in the fourth quarter where Rodgers was yelling at Matt LaFleur, I was trying to interpret what the heck they were talking about. I'm not sure if Rodgers wanted to go for it on fourth down or if he wasn't pleased with the third down call, Ike. But it was captivating television regardless, and the Packers do hang on at home. Yeah, but – Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. I don't know. I don't know if AR liked that play. But AR, who going to stop you from changing it? If you don't like the play that your coach called – Ain't nobody gonna stop you from changing it. You've been doing this. You you've been doing this at a high level for a long time. Coastal Florida, like I'm I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a play, Aaron. But if you don't like it, change it. Or or coach shouldn't even have to tell you that. You've been doing this for so long. If I hear that play coming through this earpiece, bam! And I and I've been a league MVP for a couple of times, like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. You know what I'm saying? One minute Super Bowl, and I and I'm on the field, and I got a good feel off of what they're doing. Hey, coach, what that play is? Psych. I go to the huddle. I'm changing that mug. Or if if I got enough time, if I got 15, 20 seconds, and I get on the line of scrimmage, and if I don't like something, and I can't adjust, what you think I'm doing? I'm changing the play. So they yeah. are. They ain't gotta yell at your coach, man. You got you got that green light. Nobody ain't gonna take that green light away from you. Changing the play, Aaron Rodgers want to change the play. Okay, uh, perfect. Put us in a better situation. Mm. That's how I look at it. 
we're trying to be body language doctors, Ike, and it, that's what I was trying to interpret. What the heck? I was trying to read the lips too, and it was just like it was. Again, I'm like, I, I, I was just like, well, it got my attention. It got my attention. The Packers do win. What do you think of Juju Smith Schuster's injury? No penalty, no flag on it. They picked it up. Um, it was a no call. I know the Chiefs were very upset with that, Ike, but it was a devastating hit. Obviously, we want him to get back on the field. He's really starting to do his thing for the Chiefs. But what'd you make of that hit, Ike? Man, it just sucks for Juju because every time Juju about to get started, a injury happened. Yeah. And that, and that's just been part of his career. Like, you know, since he stepped into Pittsburgh, you know, a injury happened. And the same thing with with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, him and him and Patrick Mahomes was, you know, you can tell they was about to get warmed up when it came down to that relationship between other than uh, Travis Kelsey. You can tell if, if he wasn't looking at Travis, he was looking for Juju. And for Juju to get hit like that, um, I thought it was a good no call. I don't think it was intentional. Um, actually, he got hit. He got hit with the, the forearm slash shoulder. So mm-hmm. um, it, was, it wasn't a helmet to helmet. If it was helmet to helmet, they would have kicked him out because they did Greenlaw. They did Greenlaw like that from San Fran. Greenlaw got kicked out because, um, he, matter of fact, he hit Justin Herbert. Yeah, he hit Justin Herbert. Is the defenseless receiver, though, I think would be the argument from the Chiefs, though, Ike, just to push back on that. Yeah, he came, he came at an angle, but when he came at an angle, he didn't, he didn't lead with his head. So That's, true. He That's true. That's yeah. true. If he would have led with his head, it would have been cool. But when you come with a forearm and shoulder pad, you know, um, there's too you can. There's really not too much you can say about that. What Greenlaw did, Justin Herbert, that was head to head, and Justin Herbert, at that time, because once you become a running quarterback, there's no such thing as defense, defenseless. You know what I'm saying? But it's still yeah. like. He just got in a bad situation. Greenlaw got in a bad situation. He wound up hitting Justin in the head and they wound up kicking him out. But for Juju, um, it was a shoulder more like for him. Um, it wasn't a head-to-head. If it was the head-to-head, I would have been the first to have been like, yeah, they, they should have kicked him out. But it wasn't a head-to-head at the time. Well, we saw DeMonte KZ in the Steelers game against Chris Olave, too, got penalized, and he did not get kicked out because obviously he had the interception later in the game. But that's where it's like the defenseless receiver – I think maybe it could have been penalized. I'm not saying eject the player who hit Juju, but um, we'll see, Ike. And I know the league's trying to do its best to protect yeah. players. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll I, hope, I hope you get well ASAP, you know. Um, Definitely. ASAP, I hope he feels better um, soon. Uh, Kansas City and with the league, because off of the tour situation, you know, they're going to protect their players now more than ever, so. He's going to take his time coming back. They're going to go through all the proper um, tests they need to make for Juju. So um, much prayers to Juju. Hopefully he'll get back soon. Ain't no rush. I don't want it to be a rush on him getting back. Just glad he's uh, he's he's safe right now. They said he was in normal spirits in the locker room after the game. Ike, you tried to tell us about the 49ers against the Chargers. The one question I had in the game, late in the game, 49ers have the ball up three down in the red zone. They try to punch it in. The Chargers get the stop, use all their timeouts, get the ball back with less than a minute left. The question I have for you is, why didn't the 49ers put Christian McCaffrey in the game on any of the three offensive plays down by the red zone? I did not understand that. Because it wasn't his time to come in during that series. You know, you got to look at what Coach Shanahan 
does, like every running back or every package have a series. So um, he wasn't there to, to start that series, so he wasn't going to finish that series. And to be honest with you, um, the Chargers did a pretty good job on, on holding Christian McCaffrey when it came down to the running part. To be honest, I watched that whole game last night. Mm-hmm. That was a really good game. So, um, other than that, though, that's just that's just how I look at it. Like whoever's in on that series, that's exactly what they're doing, and that's exactly what he did. And you know, between you still trying to figure out how you're going to use a Christian McCaffrey, because you still can use a Debo Samuel's just as well. Um, you have my guy from Louisiana Lafayette, Elijah Mitchell. He came in, he did his thing too. So. You 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 got you got some running backs. You know that's the reason why they let you know Wilson Jr. go. They traded him to the Miami Dolphins. So Elijah came back and Elijah came back and we saw what he can do as well. Now you put a Christian McCaffrey um, back there with him, who is just as athletic. And a Debo Samuels, if you need Debo to play running back, that's exactly what he's going to do. He can play running mm-hmm. back. So it's just it's just off a of series. And what I mean by series, whoever starting that series at that particular time. That's who's going to finish. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. When you have somebody just as dynamic as CMC, why not have them on the field? And they weren't able to punch it in, Ike. And so it's just like they kept cutting to him in the sidelines. And I'm just like, why isn't he in the game? Anyways, I was just curious about that. But 49ers win, and uh, they kick the field goal. Chargers get it back. They had no timeouts. I thought the 49ers might go for it because even if they don't get it, then Chargers have to drive all the way down the field to get a field goal. But – uh. They end up winning regardless, and hindsight is twenty twenty. Ike, Steelers have the Bengals in week 11. It's going to be at Akershire Stadium in Pittsburgh. Bengals open up as a five-point road favorite, so we're going to get our listeners and viewers ready later this week for the big game. Very excited, and we'll see if the Steelers can keep their winning ways going coming out of the bye week, Ike. The adjustments we asked for came in week 10 against the Saints. I'm very, very happy about that. Yeah. So Jamar Chase isn't isn't gonna be around, so that's gonna give the Steelers a better opportunity. Uh I think personally, even though it's a it's a it's a warm um Cincinnati Bengals team, they've been playing kind of hot too as well. I just think the Pittsburgh Steelers, this is this is that when TJ Watt, um, that style of football, that's exactly that's exactly what they're gonna need to do. And I think they're gonna win a ball game. I think the only reason why. They won't win a ball game if you have another another week over Joe Mixon. If the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Mixon, come out like, like last week, Pittsburgh will not win the ball game. If they want to let Joe Burrow and company throw the ball all around the field, the Pittsburgh Steelers will win the ball game. But the fact that T.J. Watt is back on the field, let's 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 not forget about our little guy Warren, who's been running back. He's been putting a lot of pressure on these coaches on making decisions on who should play and who shouldn't play. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with Najee running the ball as well. Mm. You, you know what I'm saying? So, look, Jalen Warren, he, when he gets in, things things happen well for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. But just so good to see, you know, um, T.J. White back on the field. You know, his presence, everything. But it's also even better to have a well-rested uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, because he's coming off. He's not coming off. He's battling the injury as well. But to have a DeMonte Casey come in and do what he need to do, that says a lot about the Pittsburgh Steelers. But don't ever, don't ever, don't ever, don't y'all ever count Coach T out. We said two and six a couple of years ago when we won a Super Bowl. Not saying the Pittsburgh Steelers will win a Super Bowl. 
what we said a couple of years ago when Pittsburgh Steelers went two and six when I played, man, we had to find a way and we got in. We shall see what the Pittsburgh Steelers right. doing with the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're going to win this game. Mark, I know where you're going. Just by your body language, you're going with the Cincinnati Bengals and explain to me. I haven't me made why. up my mind this week because I don't know if Minka's going to be back, Ike. So, in that and then Jamar Chase, too, is why we're going to record later this week. We'll know a little bit more about the injuries, Ike. Oh, you, you, you can read my body language pretty well, though. That's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> but I want to see. I want to see who's back, who's not back. I would make a. If I had to decide right now, yeah, I would pick the Bengals, but we'll see. I, yeah, I got to do I'm, more research. You do more research, so you can go to that betonline.ag. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They're today's sponsor of the Believe and See the Show. I want to thank you, Ike. You're the absolute best. The Believe Network, our video producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, Megan Maurer, producer Yancey as well. I want to thank the listeners and the viewers of the Believe and Steelers show. Thank you so much for taking the time and making us a part of your day. Co-sign everything. Mark Bergman just said, Mark, I want to thank you as well. BetOnline.ag, Brink TV, everybody who's sitting behind the camera uh, making us and having us looking good at what we do. Make sure y'all give us a five-star rating. Subscribe. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to listen to Mark and I Believe in Believe Podcast Network. Mark, I appreciate everything, man. You're one of the best co-hosts ever. I appreciate that, Ike. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching the Believe in Steelers show. We'll be back later this week to preview Steelers and Bengals. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.